the Lord, uh, something the Lord spoke to my heart about, and most of the time that's what I give you, something the Lord speaks to my heart about in, in private, uh, in the study, and was just reading through the Word of God, and this statement caught my attention, and I'll see if you can, you can uh, catch up on it here in just a moment, and then I'll tell you what it is. But look, if you will, Numbers chapter 12 in your Bibles, when you find your places, if you'll stand this morning, and we're going to read most of the chapter Today, just to uh, give this some, some good context today, Numbers, Numbers chapter number 12, and look at verse number 1. The Bible says, And Miriam and Aaron spake against Moses because of the Ethiopian woman whom he had married, for he had married an Ethiopian woman. Uh, and they said, Hath the Lord indeed spoken only by us? Hath he not spoken also by us? And the Lord heard it. Now the man Moses was very meek. Above all the men which were upon the face of the earth, and the Lord spake suddenly unto Moses, and unto Aaron, and unto Miriam, Come out ye three unto the tabernacle of the congregation, and they three came out. I wonder what that sounded like. You ever wonder what the voice of God sounds like? Uh, it didn't sound like what I just how I just read it. Uh, Bible talks about different places of scripture. The Bible does talk about the voice of the Lord sounding like the, the sound of many waters, like Niagara Falls coming over the, the falls, trumpets. I, I don't know what it sounded like, but the Bible says that, verse 4, the Lord spake suddenly, and he asked them to come out. Verse 5, and so he wanted them three to come out. Verse 5, and the Lord came down in the pillar of the cloud and stood in the door of the tabernacle Oh boy, now he's getting ready to sort of single it down here a little bit and called Aaron and Miriam. And they both came forth. And he said, hear now my words. If there be a prophet among you, I the Lord will make myself known unto him in a vision and will speak unto him in a dream. In, in other words, most of the time the Lord said concerning prophets, the way I speak to those prophets is either by a vision or uh, I'll give them a dream, and that's how I speak to those prophets. Verse 7, God says, My servant Moses is not so, who is faithful in all mine house. With him will I speak mouth to mouth, even apparently, and not in dark speeches, and the similitude of the Lord shall he behold. In other words, he won't necessarily see me, but he'll see something like me. He'll see a similitude. Wherefore then... Were you not afraid to speak against my servant Moses? And the anger of the Lord was kindled against them, Miriam and Aaron, and he departed. And the cloud departed from off the tabernacle, and behold, Miriam became leprous, white as snow. And Aaron looked upon Miriam, and behold, she was leprous. And Aaron said unto Moses, Alas, my Lord, I beseech thee, I beg you, Lay not the sin upon us wherein we have done foolishly and wherein we have sinned. Let her not be as one dead of whom the flesh is half consumed when he cometh out of his mother's womb. And Moses cried unto the Lord saying, Heal her now, O God, I beseech thee. And the Lord said unto Moses, If her father had but spit in her face, should she not be ashamed seven days? Let her be shut out from the camp seven days. And after that, let her be received in again. And Miriam was shut out from the camp seven days, and the people journeyed not till Miriam was brought in again. 
You may be seated this morning. But I want to draw your attention to verse number two. Many of you have already picked up on it because of the screen, but look at verse number two. The Bible says, and they said, hath the Lord indeed spoken only by Moses? Hath he not spoken also by us? Look at the last part. And the Lord heard it. And the Lord heard it. And I want to talk to you about that little phrase today just for a few minutes. And the Lord heard it. And again, just Bible study really is what this is this morning. We're going to look at several places in our Bible. And I hope it will be a help to you. And so let's go to the Lord. We'll make this real practical for you. And so let's go to the Lord. Father, we love you. And thank you for the privilege to be in this Sunday morning service. Uh, Lord, I guess the first Sunday morning service of December. It's hard to believe. Uh, Lord, time's just flying by. The Lord is coming. And God, I pray that you'd help us to be ready for the coming of the Lord. And Lord, I, I thank you so much for every song that's been sung. Thank you for the choir. Thank you for the great special. Thank you for the wonderful congregational singing. And now, Lord, I pray our hearts have been prepared. And I pray that you'll teach us something from the precious word of God today that would make sense. And I believe this will. And I believe, it, I, I believe it'll be a help. And Lord, I pray it will honor you. And please you. And Heavenly Father, I pray that the message, the word of God, the truth would hit its mark today. We love you. We ask you for your help. In Jesus' name we pray and for his sake, amen. What a statement. What an interesting statement. And the Lord heard it. I I was reading that the other day. I was reading it in my devotions. And I came across that statement, and the Lord heard it. Have you ever been reading the Bible and all of a sudden the verse just sort of jumps off the page and maybe there's something in that verse or that verse that just really, I mean, it just really grabs your attention. That's how it was for me as I was reading Numbers chapter 12 and I've always been interested in this story anyway. It's an amazing story. But as I came to that little phrase there and the Lord heard it, man, that really just grabbed my attention and and so I began to sort of study that and look into it a little bit and the more I studied the more I was uh, sort of amazed at what I found and so the Bible says and the Lord heard it now it's interesting and it's interesting for this reason you would think that the Lord hears everything would that not make sense to everybody that the Lord just hears everything. So why would the Bible say that the Lord heard it? Because we would believe that the Lord hears everything. And here's the, here's the fact, he does. The Lord does truly hear everything. In fact, in fact, God is so great that God knows what you're gonna say before you say it. Before the words leave your mouth, God already knows what you're going to say. He knew you were going to say it before you say it. He knew what you were going to think before you thunk it. Just trying to get your attention, all right? In fact, we know according to the Scripture, the Bible calls God omniscient. He's omnipotent. He's omnipotent. That means he's all-powerful. There's nothing that God cannot do. Now, there are things that you and I are limited on, but there's nothing God's limited on. Things that are impossible with us are not impossible with God. Uh, God is omnipotent. He's almighty God. He's Jehovah God. He's, he is an all-powerful God. Then the Bible says that he's omnipresent, 
which means that God is everywhere all at the same time. There's nowhere that God is not. And so that means if God is meeting here with us at Calvary Baptist Church this morning, and I believe he is, God can also be meeting across town. God can be meeting at other churches. And, uh, and, uh, and if they say, man, God met with us, you, you don't have to say, no, he wasn't either because he was meeting with us. And uh, well, you know what? He was meeting with all of us. And, uh, and God can do that because God is, is omnipresent. But, but here's what I want you to understand. Our Bible also teaches that God is omniscient, which means that God is all-knowing. There's nothing that God doesn't know. God is all-knowing. Now, I want you to take your Bibles this morning, and I've got a lot of scriptures. Now, I can't give you all these, but I want you to turn to Isaiah, the prophet, uh, the book of Isaiah, Isaiah 46, and, and look, if you will, at verse number nine with me this morning, Isaiah 46 and verse number nine, I've got Matthew 10, 29 and 30, I've got Psalm 139, 4, Matthew 9, 3 and 4, but let's look at, uh, let's look at Isaiah, all those verses talking about the omniscience of the Lord, but let's look at Isaiah 46 and look at verse number nine. I was trying to figure out which verse to take you to. And, and Isaiah 46 and verse 9, look what the prophet Isaiah says about the God that we serve. Verse 9, he says, remember the former things of old, for I am God, and there is none else. I am God, and there is none like me. Look at verse 10, though. He says, declaring the end from the beginning. That's interesting. God didn't start at the God didn't start at the beginning and go to the end. He started at the end, went to the beginning. Declaring the end from the beginning. Look at this next line. And from ancient times, the things that are not yet done. Saying, my counsel shall stand and I will do all my pleasure. You know what the Bible's teaching there? That God does not live in our realm of time. Uh, you know, we think, you know, this is what happened in the past and this is what's going to happen in the future. And God says, I'm so great, I don't live like that. I don't have to start at the beginning and work my way to the end. God said, if I want to, I can start at the end and work my way to the beginning. But God is saying this, you know what? I declare, I am so powerful that I declare the things that haven't even happened yet. I've declared those things that were in the beginning, but God said, I am so all-knowing, I am so omniscient that God said, I can go ahead and tell you what's coming down the road. I can tell you what's going to happen. That's why we know the Bible says the Lord is coming. And if the Bible says the Lord is coming, guess what, church? He's coming. And that's why when the Bible tells us that the rapture is going to come, we can go ahead and take that to the bank. We know that's going to happen. And when the Bible tells us that the tribulation is coming and the Antichrist is coming uh, and, and the Antichrist is going to set up his kingdom on the earth and it's going to be a terrible, terrible seven years. Listen, we can go ahead and, and take that to the bank because God is an omniscient God. He, he is an all-knowing God. He knows the beginning to the ending, the ending to the beginning. God knows everything. There's nothing that God doesn't know. God is omniscient. Now, if that be the case, then why would the Bible make a statement like, and the Lord heard it? Well, of course the Lord heard it. So here's what our Bible's teaching us. When the Bible specifically mentions, and the Lord heard it, it's emphasizing that God is especially interested in what he just heard. It's not that God doesn't, God doesn't know. God knows everything from the beginning to the ending, the ending to the beginning. But when 
the, when, the, when the Bible makes that statement and the Lord heard it, what our Bible's teaching us is this. What was just spoken, what was just spoken, although God knew it, what was just verbally spoken arrested the very attention of the Lord. All right? Have you ever, have you ever done this? Have you ever been, maybe you've been at a reunion, maybe you've been at a Christmas party, you know, and somebody away from you wasn't necessarily talking to you, they were talking to somebody else, but you could hear them. You weren't necessarily even eavesdropping, but you could hear them. And you heard them say something, and that something was maybe about you, and although they weren't talking to you, you just heard them say it. You said, I heard that. Now, they weren't talking to you, but they were talking about you. And when they said what they said, you stopped and said, oh, I heard that. You weren't talking to me, but I heard that. That's exactly what our Bible's teaching here. God knows every single thing. There's nothing God doesn't know. But when the Bible says, and the Lord heard it, our Bible is saying this, what was spoken verbally got the attention of God. And God specifically paid attention to what was spoken now. That's important because this statement's only mentioned three times in all of Scripture. Just three times. And I want to show you those three times that it was mentioned, and I believe this will be really, really practical for you today. Uh, so take your Bibles this morning, if you will, and turn to the book of Malachi, first of all. I'm going to start with the last one first, then we're going to make our way to the first one, all right? Three times it's mentioned, and so we want to start with the third one first. And so Malachi chapter 3 in your Bibles, and uh, first point is this. The third time this statement is made, it is connected to a love for God. Look, if you will, in Malachi chapter 3. Malachi, last, last book of your Old Testament. Malachi chapter 3, verse 16. The Bible says, Then they that feared the Lord spake often one to another. Oh, look at this line. And the Lord hearkened and heard it. And a book of remembrance was written before, them, before him. For them that feared the Lord and that thought upon his name. The first statement made here is connected to a love for God. You know what the Bible's talking about in Malachi chapter 3? These are people that had a special reverence for the Lord. They had a special respect for the Lord of lords. They loved God. In fact, they, they thought so much of the Lord that the Bible says that they often spoke about the Lord. They enjoyed talking about the Lord. And the Bible says because of that, our Bible's very clear to tell us the Lord heard it. Did you know, hey, Calvary, did you know you'll talk about what you love? That's true, isn't it? No, it is true, really. You'll talk about what you love. Man, if you love shopping, you'll talk about it. And I don't love it. I'm just here to tell you, I don't. I don't talk about it because I don't love it. And, and, but some of you ladies, man, it's just, I mean, it's your favorite pastime. It's, like, it's what you like to do. I mean, uh, you love to shop. You don't even necessarily have to buy. I mean, you just, and, and you know, and to a man, to a man, we're thinking, you know, what a waste of time when you go somewhere and shop for five hours. You don't even buy anything. I mean, that's a waste of time. And, uh, and so uh, this is just my shopping. This is my shopping practice. I know what I'm going to buy before I go in. And 
And when I go in to buy, I go get what I went in to get and I go back out. That's what I do. That's how I shop. And so uh, when I say, honey, I'm going to Walmart, which by the way is not very often. When I say I'm going to Walmart, you know what? I'm in, I'm in and out. I mean, I go to Walmart. I'm there for 10 minutes maybe and don't even really like those 10 minutes. When my wife, when I drop my wife out in front of Walmart and she says, honey, I'll only be 15 minutes. That means go ahead and do a Bible study right now. I mean, do a Bible study. Make some phone calls. Send some texts. Check some emails. <laughs> uh, you know, and uh, she's going to be in there just a little while. Some of you ladies, you love to shop. Some of you fellas, you love to hunt. You say, how do you know? Because you talk about it. Yeah, I was in a deer stand the other day. Man, I'll tell you what, this buck came by me. It's a big, giant buck. And, and you know what? By the way, nothing wrong with that, but, but you love to hunt, so you talk about it. You love to fish. You talk about it. You love sports. And, and so you talk about football. You talk about baseball. You talk about uh, golf. You talk, and by the way, nothing wrong with those things. Some of you love cars. And, man, you, you know what? You, you love certain kind of wheels and certain kind of motors and certain size motors. And, and by the way, there's nothing sinful about any of those things. But I'm just telling you this, that we will talk about what we we love. And here in Malachi, the Bible says that there were a group of people and they just loved the Lord. And because of that, they talked about him. And the Bible says the Lord heard it. The Lord heard it. Hey, you know what? When you love the Lord so deeply that you enjoy talking about him, the Lord hears it. Did you know that? Did you know that God is pleased when we talk about him and when we praise him? Hebrews chapter 13, verse number 15 says it like this. By him, therefore, let us offer the sacrifice of praise to God continually. That is the fruit of our lips, giving thanks to his name. Can I ask you a question? When's the last time you just took up a conversation about the Lord and just talked to folks about the Lord? When's the last time? You said, preacher, ain't doing a very good job preaching. Oh, I, 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 but I'm, I'm okay with that this morning. When's the last time? You just struck up a conversation with somebody and for 30 minutes you just talked about him. Isn't it something how, man, we talk about quarterbacks, we talk about bucks, we talk about money, we talk about politics. And, and man, we'll go days never even bring up Jesus. We have to ask us a question, man, do we really love him? Because you're gonna love, you, you don't talk about what you love. Oh, listen, you know what? God's interested when we just love him so much, we talk about him. Hey, have I told you recently how good God's been to me? Well, the Lord is good, ain't it, isn't he? Man, it's just good to be saved, isn't it? Boy, it's just good to be in the house of God, isn't it? Man, isn't God good? I mean, God's so good. God blessed us this week. God answered a prayer. God gave us some rain. You know, we've been very dry here in North Carolina, and God gave us some rain, and, and, and the Lord, Lord's been good. And th this is all I'm saying. Whenever we, whenever we talk about the Lord in a loving way, the Bible tends to tell us he hears it. The Lord picks up on that, man. He, he hears that. In fact, listen to what our Bible tells us in Psalm chapter 22 and verse number three. But thou art holy, O thou that inhabitest the praises of Israel. Did you know that God inhabits the praises of his people? Do you know why God's not in a lot of churches? They never praise him. You know why God's not in a lot of churches? They never praise him. You say, preacher, I wish I could get God in my life. I wish I could get God in this church. You can. And the way you do it is just by talking about him. Just praise him, man. Just praise him. He's good. He's worthy this morning. He's a great God. Man, you say, well, pastor, I've never done it. Try it. Man, just strike up a conversation 
And for once, don't talk about the Panthers. Please don't talk about the Panthers. But, you know, unless you want to be discouraged. Oh, listen, just talk about him. Man, just talk about the Lord. You say, preacher, you don't know what I would say. Just say, man, God's good. He saved me. God's good. He sent his son for me. God's good. You know what? I've got eyes that can see and ears that can hear and a nose that can smell and a tongue that can taste. And I've got hands that can hold. And, and uh, for most of you here this morning, you can say, my kids are healthy. And, and for most of you here this morning, you could say, my kids don't have cancer. And, oh, they're a little problematic. And they get on my nerves sometimes. And sometimes they get aggravating. But, but they don't have cancer. And they're not taking chemotherapy. And I don't have them up here at Jude Hospital. And I, I'm just telling you, church, you know what? I don't know if you know this or not, but God's good. I'm telling you, God's good. And I don't know if you know this or not either, but God's been good to the Calvary Baptist Church of Union Grove. And I'm going to keep on shouting that out from the rooftop because God is good. And when we begin to talk about him, the Bible says, and the Lord heard it. Man, you know what I hope is going on in heaven right now? I hope he's saying, I hear you. I hear you. And so that first, that first instance where this statement is made, is connected to a love for God. How about this? Look at this next one. Number two, the second time this statement is made is connected to a lust for glory. Now I want you to turn in your Bibles way back to where we were at the beginning. Turn, turn back to Numbers chapter 12 in your Bibles. Numbers chapter 12. Numbers chapter 12 and look at verse number two again. Right back where we started. This is the second time in Scripture that this is mentioned. And the Lord heard it. Numbers chapter 12, verse number 2, the Bible says, And they, this is talking about Miriam and Aaron, by the way, brothers and sisters, and brothers and sisters to Moses. And verse 2, And they said, Hath the Lord indeed spoken only by Moses? Hath he not spoken also by us? And the Lord heard it. What's going on there, preacher? Miriam and Aaron had allowed pride to creep in. They came to the place where they wanted to lead the Israelites. And to be quite honest with you, they felt like they could do a better job. Uh, Moses had not done everything they wanted done. He had not done everything like they wanted it done. On top of that, he had married a woman who didn't look exactly like them and maybe didn't have the same, you know, pigment of skin color. And, and boy, they just got all messed up about that and, and they begin to jump on him and begin to fuss at him and, uh, and they wanted to have the position that God had only given to Moses. And the Bible says that when that, when that became the case, the Bible says, and the Lord heard it. The Lord heard it. Now church, listen to me. God may choose to put you in public view. God may choose to give you leadership. God may choose to give you great prosperity, but if he does, let him make that choice. Let him make that choice. For some of you, that's, that's probably in your future. God is going to promote you to a place, a place of leadership, maybe in the church, maybe on your job, uh, but God's going God's to give you a leadership position. God's going to put people underneath you. God's going to give you prosperity. God's going to give you wealth. God's going to give you success. God's going to give you acclaim. God's going to give you prestige, but here's what I'm saying. If the Lord does that, let the Lord do it because if you ever try to exalt yourself into that position, the Bible says the Lord hears it, and he's displeased with it. 
So Aaron and Miriam said, you know what? Mo is not the only one that can lead this crowd. We can do that as well. We speak better than him. We're not tongue-tied like his. We don't stutter like he does. We're good leaders. And they were. They were leaders, by the way. And they said, you know what? I think we can do what Moses is doing. We can do it just as good as Moses is doing it. And the Bible says, and the Lord heard it. Hey, church, listen. Be real, real careful about trying to promote yourself. Now, take your Bibles, if you will, and turn to, turn to Luke chapter 14. And look at verse number 7 with me. Luke chapter 14, verse number 7, and the Bible teaches us a great lesson about what I'm talking about right here. Luke chapter 14 and verse number 7, I'll give you just a second to get there. Luke 14, because I want you to see these words. Luke 14, and look at verse number 7. The Bible says, and he, the Lord Jesus, and he put forth a parable to those that were bidden when he marked how they chose out the chief rooms, saying unto them, verse 8, when thou art bidden of any man to, to, to a wedding... Sit not down in the highest room, lest a more honorable man than thou be bidden of him. And he that bade thee and, and him come and say to thee, Give this man place, and thou begin with shame to take the lowest room. But when thou art bidden, go and sit down in the lowest room, that when he that bade thee cometh, he may say unto thee, Friend, go up higher, and then shalt thou have worship in the presence of them that sit at meat with thee. For whosoever exalteth himself shall be abased, and he that humbleth himself Himself shall be exalted. Now, again, this is a simple, simple little point here this morning, but, but church, this is all I'm saying. Don't ever get to that place where you lust for glory, you lust for leadership, and you say, you know what, if it's the last thing I do, I'm going to lead. Uh, if it's the last thing I do, I'm going to be prosperous like those people. Listen, if God wants to do that in your life, praise the Lord, but don't try to exalt yourself. Because when you do that, the Bible says that God hears it. Pride. Listen to what our Bible says in James 4, verse 10. Humble yourselves in the sight of the Lord, and he shall lift you up. How about 1 Peter chapter 5, verse number 5? Likewise, ye younger, submit yourselves unto the elder. Yea, all of you be subject one to another and be clothed with humility. For God, listen to this, for God resisteth the proud and giveth grace to the humble. Humble yourselves, therefore, under the mighty hand of God, that he may exalt you in due time. And by the way, thank God I pastor a great congregation on this. But church, don't ever allow yourself to get lifted up in pride. Well, I'm going to tell you one thing, Brother Pope. I deserve this kind of treatment. Let me tell you just as kindly as I know to tell you this morning. Let me tell you what you deserve. You deserve to burn forever in hell. Are you listening to me? For those who think, well, I deserve a certain kind of treatment. No, you don't and neither do I. You deserve to spend eternity in hell and were it not for the grace of our loving, wonderful God that cared enough to send his son for you, that's exactly where we would be. It is time some people get off their high horse and quit thinking you're all that. You're not. You're a sinner 
who's got to be saved just like everybody else. Well, I'll tell you one thing. I'm not like that drug addict. I'm not like that vagabond. I'm not like that drunkard. I'm going to tell you what. But by the grace of God, you'd be burning in the same hell they're burning in. Hey, I'm telling you, there's no man in this church that's any higher than any other person. We're all just a bunch of sinners that need, to be, that need the Lord. Pride's ugly. Pride's an ugly thing. Pride makes you terribly ugly. I read this week about a missionary who was in a foreign country and he was trying, he was doing some translation work and he was, he was trying to translate the Bible. And he came to that, he came to that word pride, and there was just, you know, there are sometimes in other languages there are no word. You know, our word, there's not a word for that in their language. And he came to that word pride, and he was trying to translate the word pride into this tribe's language. And he just had an awful time. There was no word in their vocabulary that lined up with the word pride. And so finally, he found some words in their language that meant, that meant the ears are too far apart. So he used that word. The ears are too far apart. He said, preacher, I'm not following you. Let me break it down for you. When you are prideful, you have an inflated head. A lot of people in churches today, their ears are too far apart. A lot of people have to walk in sideways through the door because their head's so big. Well, we can start now. I'm here. Well, we can feel a move of God now because I'm here. Man, what in the world's going on with America? What's going on with our churches? Oh, I'm not saying you're not special to the Lord. You are special to the Lord, but I'm just saying this church, don't ever get to that place where you think you're expendable, where you're, you're not, you're, uh, you know, indispensable. You're, you're, you know, the church just can't do without you. I'm going to tell you something. God is not hard up. Oh, listen, pride, man, pride, pride, just that, 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 that rod of pride that's going up people's backbone and, and I'm not going to bend and I'm not going to bow. And oh, listen, I'm going to tell you something, man, that's dangerous. That's a dangerous place to be. I don't care what anybody says. I'm not. I'm just telling you, you won't for me, but you, you will for him. Because my Bible says that every knee, every knee is going to bow. Oh, there's coming today. We're going to bend. We're going to bend. You know what? We'll either bow now or we'll bend later. Man, this is better preaching than I thought it was going to be. Amen. <laughs> oh, listen, just go ahead and bend now. Just go ahead and say, Lord, you know what? I'm going to humble myself now. I, you know what? I, I understand something. I'm just, I'm just a sinner that needs a Savior, and Lord, I need you, and, and Lord, I know that... Uh, I'm nothing special, but God, if you can use me, man, I hope you'll use me. I hope you'll put your hand on me. I hope you'll use me. That lust for glory, they were lustful for that glory. And the Bible says, and the Lord heard it. They say about Muhammad Ali, you older folks remember who that is. And uh, famous boxer. They said about Muhammad Ali, he was never a super, super nice guy. And he was always, you know, Muhammad Ali was always sort of on himself, you know, and he'd walk around saying, I'm the greatest, I'm the greatest, you know. And, I, and, and uh, he was on an airplane. 
And he was telling everybody around him, I'm the greatest. I'm the greatest. I'm the greatest. They're getting ready to take off. And the stewardess noticed that Mr. Ali didn't have his seatbelt buckled. And she said, Mr. Ali, you're going to have to buckle your seatbelt. He said, I'm the greatest. I'm the greatest. And she said, well, Mr. Greatest, you're going to have to buckle your seatbelt. And he said, I'm going to tell you something. He said, Superman don't need no uh, seatbelt. And she said, yeah, Superman don't need no airplane either. (laughs) Before we take off, you're going to have to buckle your seatbelt. Pride. Oh, man, pride. And so that first instance, that first instance is connected to a love for God. That second instance is connected to a lust for glory. But here's the first time this is mentioned. Look at this, if you will. Numbers 11, just go back one page. Numbers 11, here's the first time this phrase is mentioned. Numbers 11 and verse number one, I'm done. Look at this. The Bible says in Numbers 11, verse one, and when the people complained, Numbers 11, verse one, and when the people complained, it displeased the Lord and the Lord heard it. And his anger was kindled. The first time this statement's made is connected to a lack of gratitude. And church, I'm going to be honest with you. I don't think God hates anything quite like complaining and just a lack of thanks and a lack of gratitude. If you go back and you study your Old Testament, you'll find out that one of the reasons the Israelites were so judged One of the reasons that God became so angry with the Israelites and literally wanted to just give up on them is because time and time and time again, they were so unthankful. Man, they lacked gratitude. I mean, God did everything for them. Are y'all listening to me this morning? Man, turn me on, turn me up. God did everything for them. They were hungry. God gave them manna from food, manna from heaven for food to eat. The Bible says that God scraped over the banisters of heaven, uh, angels' food, corner, the corn of heaven, uh, and gave them manna to eat. Forty years there in the wilderness, he helped their clothes to last for 40 years, helped their clothes to grow as they grew. God gave them uh, a, a fire by night to keep them warm and a cloud by day to shelter them from the sun. And, and God just continuously, continuously took care of them. They didn't like the manna, so they wanted meat. God gave them meat. And they wanted water, and God gave them water. And they wanted this, and God gave them that. And God just blessed and blessed and blessed and blessed and blessed and blessed. You know what they did? They complained. The more God blessed, the more they complained. The more they, the more they, they griped. And they murmured. And the Bible says, and the Lord heard it. A little boy became ungrateful for the great home that he lived in. And so he decided that he wanted to be paid for all the chores that he did on a regular basis. And so he wrote this big letter to his mom, and he left it where she would find it. And this is what he said. He said, for washing the dishes... Mama, you owe me a dollar. And for cleaning my room, you owe me a dollar. And for hanging my clothes, you owe me a dollar. And for washing the dishes, you owe me a dollar. And for mowing the the lawn, you owe me a dollar. And then he left this in big, bold letters. Mama, you owe me. Pay up. And she sent this note back for carrying you nine months and being sick as a dog, no charge. 
for staying up all night with you night after night when you were sick, no charge. For working overtime so that I could get you those special tennis shoes, no charge. For entertaining your friends when you wanted to bring them over without notice, no charge. Signed your mother who loves you very much. Friend, man, I'm telling you, I felt we better quit because I feel some preaching coming on right now. I said we was going to have Bible study, but y'all better pray because I feel some preach coming over me right now. I'm telling you, let me tell you, let me tell you one of the signs that we know. You say, preacher, how can you be so sure that we're in the last days? I'll tell you exactly how because the Bible's very specific about that. In the last days, the climate of the last days is going to be that people are unthankful. They're unthankful. Man, I'm telling you, and if anybody ought to be thankful, man, America ought to be thankful. Listen, the poorest of you are richer than those people in those other countries. God's been good. We've got a roof over our head and shoes on our feet and a clothes, clothes on our backs and food on our table. I'm telling you, friend, God's been good. Hey, if nobody else will praise him, I'll praise him. I'm telling you, God's been good. God's been good to this boy right here. I've got something to praise him about but when we go through life and we just complain and 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 murmur and murmur and murmur and murmur and the Lord heard it wow man I hope man I hope in heaven there's not been some times when I've been in a bad way and the Lord's like, I just heard that. I mean, are you serious? After everything I've done for you? And you're going to complain? Am I preaching to anybody this morning? And the Lord heard it. So many things. Did you know that God is so serious about gratitude that he specifically tells us it's his revealed will? Now we're done. It's 1221. We're done. Don't you turn. Last place. 1 Thessalonians chapter 5. 1 Thessalonians chapter 5. You say, well, pastor, just so you know, my kid does have cancer. What do, you want, what do you want me to thank God for? Well, I'll tell you what, you could thank God you don't live in South Africa. You can thank God that Duke is just two hours down the road. You can thank God that you still have your child. You say, preacher, I don't live at the country club like some people. I live in a, a single wide. Well, I guess you can thank God you don't live in a mud hut. I guess you can thank you say, well, you know what, we don't have, we just got plywood floors. Well, I, I'm, I guess you can thank God you don't have mud floors. Thankful. Now, I can't always come to you and say, listen, I can't always come to you and say, this is the will of God for you. There are some things you're going to have to discern the will of God for yourself. But there were a few areas where God said, I'm not even going to leave this to chance. I'm just going to go ahead and tell you straight out. This is my will. This is the will of God. You don't know the will of God? This is the will of God. Look what he says. 1 Thessalonians chapter 5, look at verse number 18. He says, in everything, give thanks 
For this is the will of God in Christ Jesus concerning you. So here's my question and we're done. Are you doing the will of God? What do you mean, preacher? Are you thankful? This week, have you given thanks? You say, what would I give thanks for? Just take a guess. You'll get it every time. Have you been thankful? I don't have to ask you if you've complained. I don't have to ask that one. I, th- I know the answer, don't I? The question I want to ask you is, have you been thankful? Have you taken a little time this week and just said, Lord, thank you. Thank you for saving my soul. God, thank you for giving me a good church to attend. Thank you for these clothes. Wow. Thank you, Lord, for shoes. Thank you for socks. Wow, Lord, thank you for underwear. Good thing to thank God for. Hey, when's the last time? When's the last time you thank God for a soft bed to sleep in? But not just a mattress, but sheets and covers and pillows. Man, and we in our house, we, we got so many pillows on our bed, we have to throw pillows off to get in the bed. Anybody, anybody with me? Yeah, we have to throw pillows off to get in the bed. And, and, and I'm just saying, listen, thankful. Old story. Omaha, Nebraska. It was a Presbyterian conference, and uh, many people had come into this. It was a big, giant campus, and a lot of people had come to this meeting, and uh, they were Presbyterian, so they didn't feel, you know, because they were Presbyterian, this is really sad, but because they were Presbyterian, they didn't feel like they were allowed to say amen. You know, and they got happy in the service. They, they didn't feel like they could say Glory. And I just want to say to a few Presbyterians, man, just go ahead and try it. Amen. It's fun. But they didn't feel like they could do that. And so, so here's what they did. As they walked into the conference that day, they had a bunch of helium balloons blown up. And they said, here's what we're going to do. We're going to give everybody a helium balloon when you come into the service that day. And through the course of the service, when the Lord's just really blessing you and speaking to your heart, just let your balloon go. Just let your balloon go. When you let your balloon go, that's an offer praise to the Lord. <laughs> Seems easier to say hallelujah, but anyway, that's what they did. They gave everybody healing balloons, and they said, you know what? Through the course of the service, when you really feel blessed, and you're thankful, and you're grateful, just let your balloon go. Just offer your thanks to the Lord. Let your balloon go. And they sent throughout the course of that service, sure enough, balloons. Balloons were sending up. But when they got done with that service, they said over a third of the people still hanging on to that balloon. Calvary Baptist Church, let your balloon go. Man, let your balloon go. And give him some thanks. You say, Pastor, everything in life hadn't turned out like I thought it was. Okay. Be kind to everyone because everyone's having a tough time. We say it every day on broadcast. Everybody's got problems. You're not the only one that's got problems. Everyone's got burdens. Everybody does. We just take a little time and just offer the sacrifice of praise. And the Lord heard it. Will you bow your heads with us this morning? Father, we love you. Thank you for uh, the privilege to be here today. Oh, God. 
I pray it helps to be thankful people. God, forgive us for when we whine. Forgive us for when we complain. Forgive us for when we murmur. Oh, Lord, forgive us, forgive us, forgive us. And God, I pray that we walk out of here this morning. We'll let our balloon go. Lord, there's some husbands here this morning. It's time to let the balloon go. But Lord, there's some wives. It's time to let the balloon go. Some young people. And God, I pray that you'd help us to be careful to give you praise. Lord, to live that attitude, that attitude of gratitude. Lord, it says in the book of Nehemiah, for the joy of the Lord is our strength. God, I pray that people would see our joy and our thanks and our, our gratitude. And I pray, Heavenly Father, that it make a difference. And our heads are bowed. Our eyes are closed. First of all, how many are here this morning in this room and you would say, Pastor, if I died today, I know beyond a shadow of a doubt that I am saved. I know that I am saved. And if, if that's you and without a shadow of any doubt, you can say that. I want you to slip your hand up as a testimony. Hallelujah. Praise God. I know I'm saved. Wonderful. You can lower your hands. Let me ask you this, though. I'm not going to embarrass you. I'm not going to come back and try to coax you down the, the aisle. But I, I want to ask you a question. How many are here this morning would say, Pastor, I'm going to be honest. If I died, I'm not sure that I'm saved. And I want you to pray for me. Is there anybody like that here this morning? And right now, you just lift your hand. You just lift your hand. Make sure I see it. Just lift your hand and let me pray for you. Can I pray for you? Lift it up sort of high so I don't miss you. Will you raise it? I see that hand. And I see a little hand right back there. Anybody else? Anybody else? I see a hand right there. Anybody else? Preacher, if I died, I'm not sure of heaven. Would you pray for me? Anybody else? I want to pray for you. All right? I'm going to pray for you folks. Thank you for raising your hand. Hey, Calvary Baptist Church, when's the last time you let your balloon go? When's the last time you just took a little time and carved out some time and some space and just praised him and thanked him for being the wonderful God that he is. If it's been just a little while, in just a moment, I want you to come and just find somewhere, just find a place. And I want you to tell him, Lord, I'm sorry. Forgive me when I whine. And oh God, I want to be thankful. I want to be grateful. And today, Heavenly Father, I offer you the sacrifice of praise. I want to praise you. I want to praise you. Would you stand with us all over the house this morning? Father, love you. Man, oh wow, what a God. What a God we serve. God, what a blessing to be here today. God, I pray that you'd help us to be a thankful people. God, thankful for your salvation. Thankful for those that have invested into our lives. Thankful for the blessings of God on our, on our family, our home. God, help us to be thankful, thankful people. Have your way in this invitation. 
I pray especially for those that have raised their hands and said that they're not sure that they are saved. God, I pray today they would come to a saving knowledge of Jesus. Work in their heart. Open their understanding, please. And we sure thank you, Lord, in Jesus' name. And our heads are bowed. Our eyes are closed. Many have already come. How about you? Are there others that ought to slip out right now and come offer a sacrifice of praise? Anybody else need to let your balloon go this morning? Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Will you come while we wait? And we have some personal workers in the altar. And if you're here this morning and you say, Pastor, I need to be saved. Listen, just step out right now and come to the front and we'll meet you here. We'll meet you. And we want to take the Bible and show you how you can know that you're going to heaven when you die, okay? Will you come while we wait? Wow. My, 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 God's been good. God's been so good. Mercy, mercy. If we got what we deserved, oh, man. Thank God he gave us mercy. Anybody else? If you're watching live stream today, we're delighted to have you tuning in. There's a number on the bottom of your screen right now, 704-327-5662. And if you're watching this broadcast and we can help you, we have some people waiting right by the telephone, and we'd love to take your call right now. If you'll dial that number, we would love to pick up and try to be a blessing to you today. I hope you'll call us. We'd love to share Christ with you today. Hope you'll call today. Would you, you can look up this way. We're going to sing this little chorus that says, Just as I am without one plea, but that thy blood was shed for me. If you need to come, the altars are open. Let's sing it again. Just as I am without one plea, but that thy blood was shed for me, and that thou bidst me come to Sing it once more before we go. Sing it out, church. Just as I am without one plea, but that thy blood who was shed for me, and that thou bidst me come to.